What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 56th episode of the Promenade Merchants Podcast. We are a completely independent Star Trek podcast. We're the cool, scrappy underdogs. It feels like it's been a little while since I've said that. I'm David Majors, and I'm joined by my co-host, the fantastic nerdy gal herself, Heather Kirby. What's up, Heather? What's up, David? You know, I, I, I'm just, I'm excited to talk about Star Trek today with you. Very excited. So am I. Um, I'm excited to talk about Star Trek with you. Um, was probably not going to be tonight, which we'll talk about a little bit later in the new business, but I'm always looking forward to talking Star Trek with you. So let's jump into making our podcast. Now, for new listeners, if this is your first time tuning in, thank you. I'm David. She's Heather. We talk about Star Trek. We have guests every now and then. It's a good time. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we have a three-act format where we start with old business, which is everything up to the cage and including everything up to the Kelvin movies, essentially. The, quote, classic Trek, unquote, if you will. Uh, later on, we'll get into new business, which is things happening in the world of Star Trek right now, uh, in- including my Star Trek Las Vegas thing, which, if you listen to the last episode, yes, I talked about being there, and, well... We'll talk about that later. And then upcoming business is what we talk about when it comes to what's happening in the future of Star Trek, whether it's rumors, news bits, things that might be happening, uh, little notes, Star Trek beyond, if you will. So now that let's jump into old business. Star Trek Lower Decks is back for season three. And I noticed that in the very first episode, We got a 9 to my beloved Star Trek DS9, where we saw the Lower Deckers at Cisco's Creole Kitchen in New Orleans. And now, after my constant pestering on the interwebs for Lower Decks to reference DS9 in some way, Heather, I was pretty happy about that. But now I had to ask the question, and I would love to know from you, Heather, and our listeners... Is there anything left in Lower Decks that you think that they might reference or give a nod to? Oh, see, I thought you meant, is there anything left in general for all the new shows to reference or give a nod to? Which the my answer was absolutely. <laughs> like, oh, please. By all means. Th- 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 there is absolutely a lot they could give a nod to. I mean, uh, we, we saw... A, a, a glimpse of Tuvok in this episode. Uh, we saw a reference DS9. If you've seen the trailers for Lower Deck Season 3, there's supposed to be more references to DS9. But I think out of all like the new Star Trek shows in general, if there's some major hole in all of that that they they could reference or refer back to when you're, we're talking about the original like shows from 90s Trek and the original run of Star Trek, it would be Enterprise. There's no Enterprise references. Right. There's really not. Oh I, 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 I mean, we get uh, the occasional things named after Jonathan Archer, but other than that, there's not really any Enterprise references. And oh, that's because really, it's really all isn't. set like at least 100 years before Enterprise, which is fine. But as you watch Enterprise, you know this is the crew that helped form the Federation. 
And so right. there is definitely a lot more things that can be called back to from Enterprise in these new shows, for sure. You're absolutely right. And I was really thinking when I saw that, like, what else is there for them? But now that I think about it, in the current era of Star Trek, off the top of my head, they have given reference to Enterprise twice. Exactly twice. Once was Riker on Lower Decks, and the other was in Discovery when they named the space dock after Jonathan Archer. That's two. And that's really it. Like, wow. That's, that's... that's really not much on on lower decks at all, especially when we have a, a character like T'Pol, who is Vulcan and could very well still be alive during some of this, uh, depending on which show it is and where it might be. Yeah, Enterprise, absolutely, definitely. And thank you, Heather. I was really just really mulling it over because, and, and you know, I have been watching a lot of Enterprise on Paramount Plus lately. Mm-hmm. I've been doing maybe like one or two episodes of Enterprise a night in the last couple of days. And and you didn't even think of Enterprise. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. And you know, here's the thing about Enterprise. The more I watch of it, the more I end up saying to myself with each episode, you know, this show isn't so bad. It's really not so bad after all. Am, am I crazy, Heather? Am I crazy in thinking that Enterprise may not be so bad after all? Uh, no, absolutely not. I, I, I mean, Enterprise has its issues. Uh, I, I, I am not going to deny that whatsoever. Enterprise has its issues. And it comes as kind of a disappointment in some ways after following uh, the more progressive shows of DS9 and Voyager. But it's still, it, it has a lot of heart. And uh, the, there's still a lot to love and appreciate about Enterprise. I, I'm, I'm being more and more inclined to agree. And I, I think that I'm really growing more attached to the characters in Enterprise recently, too. So, yes, Heather, absolutely. Good, good call on your part. Great, great call. Thank you so much for reminding me, even though it was right in front of my face. Enterprise. Now we can begin pestering the internet about getting more for Enterprise in the modern Star Trek series. So that's next on the agenda. But for the time being, Heather, we do need to talk a little bit about stuff that you and I got in the mail. And uh, I'll let you take this one because you probably got more than I did. So, Miss Kirby, <laughs> you have the con. I got a lot more than you did. <laughs> I definitely spent a lot of money uh, donating to the Voyager documentary and a lot of the their swag, perks, whatever you want to call them, were shipped out finally. Uh, and so my big bag full of goodies arrived because I didn't get no... F- Some of them were shipped in like a fancy, nice box that said to the journey or whatever on it. I didn't get a fancy box like that. It just threw all of my swag in a envelope and shipped it. Uh, But it was still exciting to get my T-shirts and my day one pin and uh, my 
Uh, oh, my Catherine, my Janeway replica coffee mug, which is really freaking cool. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, That's cool. Yeah. yeah. So I, I thought it would be a little bigger than it actually is, but it's still really cool. And it says, like, to the journey at the bottom of it. And I also got, and this is the one complaint I have from the swag I got. One of the perks I got was an autographed call sheet from an episode, which I thought would be really cool, okay? So they did not send this in any sort of envelope to guarantee that it would not end up crinkled. Oh, boy. So it came out completely crinkled, which oh, it's, man. It's, it's paper, you know, the, that can be flattened, okay? But it, it was autographed by one person, which was fine. Oh, it, no. it, it, it didn't state who it was supposed to be autographed by. I, I just figured it would be... I See, I unknowingly figured it would be autographed by someone who was in the episode that the call okay. sheet was from. You know what I mean? Like, that that would kind sure. of make sense, okay? So I'm looking at the, the call sheet, and the, the episode is Caretaker, which is really cool, because that's the okay. pilot episode of Voyager. And it, the, the call sheet is so early, it doesn't even have Kate Mulgrew listed on the call sheet. Oh, it, it has is, Genevieve. Yes, it has Genevieve listed on the called sheet as Janeway, which I thought was really cool. And then I'm looking at the person who autographed it, and there was no sort of note as to who might have autographed this, okay? Nothing. Not, like, no sort of... Sort of you, you think they might have sent some sort of certificate, like, to verify it was autographed. No, it was just an autograph scrambled on there. So I posted it on Twitter because, you know, Trek Twitter is awesome about stuff like this. I'm like, hey, can anyone tell me whose autograph that was? Speaking of Enterprise, the person who autographed my call sheet is Vaughn Armstrong. Vaughn Armstrong. Admiral Forrest. Okay. Admiral Forrest from Enterprise. Yes. Signed your call sheet, not just for an episode of Voyager, but the pilot for Voyager. Yeah. Now, I can't remember. I don't think he was in the, like, he's been in a lot of guest appearances across Star Trek. I don't think he was in that episode, though. Like, no. can someone correct me if I'm wrong on this? I don't think he was. <laughs> Unless he, he played one of the Ocompans. Which I don't think he did, but I can't I, remember. <laughs> that that is really, really something. Mm -hmm. I I have several questions about that. <laughs> uh, several questions to the folks at to the journey. Uh, I'm looking now at Von Armstrong's page on memory alpha okay to see what he did on voyager he was in the episode survival instinct yeah he was a villain in fury yeah flesh and blood he was on endgame he yeah. was in the final he was korath in endgame yeah yeah, yeah. Got he, one he, for he, he played the play on it yeah he could have they could have gotten one for Endgame and he could have signed it. Instead of the pilot, they could have gotten the final episode. Yeah, yeah. 
They they almost got it right. Almost. <laughs> I mean, well, some, it, it's just so it's so weird and out there that I'm just like, yeah, okay, that that that's what happened. You know, I I don't know what else to say other than that. Like, yeah, partial points. You know, close <laughs> enough. Close enough. I I will file that under close enough. It's it's an autograph from someone who worked on Star Trek for yeah. something related to Star Trek. So close enough. Uh, I got some postcards, uh, very uh, a whole bunch of different kinds of postcards that were all related to various parts of the Alpha, uh, not the Alpha Quadrant, the Delta Quadrant, uh, where you could write to people and you could see where you were traveling in the Delta Quadrant, which was kind of cool. Although I kind of asked the question of, do we send postcards anymore? Or are these just going to be collector's items? What do you think, Heather? Eh, you know, uh, some people... The, the only th- instance I've had to send postcards anymore is my uh, my nieces have had projects in their elementary school class where they try to get friends or family members to send postcards from different states that they live in. So that's the only instance I've had to send a postcard before. Lately. So. Should I start sending out postcards just to all of my friends and family just for the heck of it? Because, hey, it's me, it's David, and here's something for Star Trek, because I like Star Trek. I mean, you could. It's up to you. It's not a it's not a terrible idea. Um, I know that I heard something like yesterday to that the documentary was still a ways away, but they're very close to done with principal filming. So I guess post-production is nearby and that's going to take some time. But I'm still looking forward to the journey. I'm looking forward to it. I'm pretty sure it's going to be excellent. The DS9 documentary was excellent. Uh, I'm sure this one will be, too. Are you ready to jump into new business, Heather? Yes. Yes, I am. Okay. So, if you listen to episode 55 with my buddy PMC Trilogy, I had mentioned that I was going to the 56-year mission in Las Vegas, put on by Creation Entertainment. I had my ticket. I had my badge. I had my hotel room. Everything was paid for. I was ready to go. It was happening. It was going down. I put the PTO in. It was approved and everything. There was even another co-worker of mine that was actually going to Las Vegas at the same time in the same weekend as me. Uh, Just a crazy coincidence. Now, let me just disclose all of this with saying that I get a monthly check from the VA for disability. Now, keep that in mind. We'll go back a month or so to when I went to Otakon, the anime convention in Washington, D.C. I got my VA deposit, which usually comes around the first of the month. I got that, since it went over a weekend, I got that right before I left for the convention in Washington. So it gave me a little bit of a cushion as far as my budget goes. As the time to STLV got a little bit closer... I realized that I probably wasn't going to get 
my VA deposit. It probably wasn't going to arrive until after the convention, because it comes at the first of the month. So, with my budget and everything else, I had to make the tough decision to say, I think I'm going to cancel, I don't think I can go, because the trip, while it was paid for, and I would be able to get there okay, my actual trip budget was very, very thin. So I had to make the tough decision to cancel. That was rough. That was the rough part. I've been seeing all of our mutual friends across Trek Twitter and and across the internet uh, posting about the convention over the weekend, and it's been great to see them having a good time. I'm not feeling any kind of fear of missing out, FOMO, or, or anything like that. But here was the problem, Heather. Here's what happened. A couple of days ago, on Friday, as we're recording this on Sunday for the audio listeners, I'm at work kind of a a little bit down of the fact that I'm not like in Las Vegas at the time. And then that Friday at my lunch break, I see a direct deposit come in and it's my direct deposit from the VA. Um. Yeah. So there I was sitting at lunch on Friday, realizing I could have gone the whole time. I would have been good. I would have been fine. And yeah, it all could have worked out. I was a little too careful for once in my life. I was a little too responsible. And I ended up not going when I could have. Well, I mean, that's all right. Yeah, well, yeah, well. It's not the end of the world. I've been to plenty of conventions before. And we'll see. We'll we'll see if there's a if there is a fifty seven year mission. We'll we'll see about that one. I I enjoyed Mission Chicago. It was great meeting all sorts of Trekkies. I'll be at Mission Seattle for sure. So we'll see. It's it's not a total loss. It's not the end of the world. But that that part about getting the deposit that I was not expecting until this coming week instead of last week. That that was a kick. That was a kick. And that was a little annoying. But hey, at least for once we can say David was a responsible adult. <laughs> at least for, for once in his life, David was responsible. Yeah, well, that's all right. I mean, I had no intention of going to Vegas uh, because... I know I can only afford one major out-of-town con a year, and that was Chicago for me this year. So um, I do fully intend on going to Vegas next year because it would be cheaper to fly to Vegas than to fly to Seattle. So I don't plan on going to Seattle, but I do plan on going to Vegas next year. And what I learned from uh, Bill Smith over at Trek Geeks Hotels and flights in Las Vegas, surprisingly inexpensive. Not terribly priced. A lot better than going to Washington, D.C. for Otakon, for sure. So it is surprisingly more affordable. I, I you might. Yeah, I, I mean, you got to shop around in Vegas because it's such a resort town. You can find deals at, at places and stuff, especially for the hotels. And 
that's why I uh, I know I'm I'd rather go to Vegas than Seattle because I know my flight would definitely be cheaper because I can get a direct flight to Vegas uh, over Seattle. So that's my plan for next year. But no Seattle, no Seattle. Okay, I will probably I'm I'm leaning strongly towards Seattle because I'm crazy. <laughs> Uh, okay, so let's move on to something a little more exciting. We finally have some new Star Trek again. It was a, a very long six weeks, Heather. Oh, it's been a long yeah. road getting. It's been a long road getting from there to here, but yes. we have new Star Trek, and season three of Lower Decks is underway. Season three picked up with the episode "Grounded," where we saw at the end of season two. Captain Carol Freeman was arrested for crimes involving the destruction of Packlet Planet. The Lower Deckers are back on Earth as Captain Freeman awaits trial while the Cerritos is in space dock. This episode had a lot of really funny moments, just little little bits that were really, really funny to me, Heather. Um, what do you think about this one? Okay. So... This is where the crowd comes with burning pitchforks for me. Now remember, if they come for, Heather, Heather, don't ever forget. If they come after you, they got to go through me first. Don't ever okay. forget that. Now remember, there's an argument that a lot of people have, especially about, I'd say, especially about Voyager, um, about the great big red reset button. Okay, and everyone complains about the great big red reset button. Guess what? This episode was a great big red reset button. (laughs) I didn't want it it to end. Like someone tell me how that just totally freaking ended with nothing, really. And oh, the whole thing was resolved by the end of this episode. Like, oh man! Lo- Lower Decks is only 26 minute episodes okay it's not even a full 45 minutes so we're gonna resolve the whole Carol or Captain Freeman under trial thing without even seeing the trial and just having her and the rest of the crew tell Mariner what happened at the end of the episode big yeah. red <laughs> reset button folks they, they totally hit a reset button they totally did. Uh, it was, as I was reading reviews for this episode, it made me understand why they did it this way. Because the show is called Star Trek Lower Decks. It stars four ensigns that work in the Lower Decks. It is not about the bridge crew of the Cerritos. They are kind of secondary characters in a lot of ways this is a a star trek in reverse where the b plot is the a plot and the a plot is the b plot and in the case of captain freeman i guess they decided rather than having the big classic star trek trial that we all got to see we'll stick with the lower deckers and watch mariner realize just how much she cares about her mom and, and try and find a way to skirt the system because she didn't want to wait on Starfleet and it ended up all being for nothing because the bridge crew of the Cerritos somewhere off camera had their big trial 
and it was resolved. It was it was like their own episode of Star Trek that we didn't see because we're following the lower techers. I, we I, didn't I, get to see it. I mean, I, I don't really care about the fact that it was resolved. I care about the fact it was only resolved in one episode. Like, I wanted this, I mean, maybe I've just gotten spoiled on serialized storytelling. I wanted this to go on for more than one episode. I hear you. I hear you. That This definitely could have been something, especially, to your point, Heather, who has been the prime nemesis alien species of Lower Decks so far? The Packlets. The Packlets. And the idea that the destruction of Packlet Planet could only be resolved in one episode when the Packlets have been like the main antagonist of the show so far and they resolved it in one episode. Yeah, no, that that doesn't work. Yeah, it really doesn't. So you're not wrong. I don't think you're wrong at all. You definitely have a fair point in that. But I do think that. At the end of the day, this is still kind of a goofy show where we're following a bunch of ensigns. And I don't know. I guess I guess they're not allowed they're not able to see that stuff happen. But yes, to your point, especially given that it involved the Packlets, yes, this could have been more. They could have shown uh, uh, at least more of the lower deckers doing things to try and find out what was happening with the trial or finding ways to get through to Starfleet. They could have done more. They could have done more, but as you said, it's a it's a episodic series of 26 episodes. So I definitely understand where you're coming from. I I, I do. I honestly do. Like I, I, like I I I honestly the next time they send out those lower decks press boxes or media boxes or whatever, Mike McMahon, you need to have a big fat red reset button in that box, please. I mean, you don't have to send one to me. You're never gonna send one to me. I'm just saying, but please put a big fat reset button in that box when you post this episode. You need to tag Mike McMahon in it and tell him I want a big fat reset button. Okay. Consider it done. Okay. You got it. Okay. I I, I did like this episode because there was there was some good lower deck silliness. Uh, Boimler on his vineyard, his family's vineyard, uh, <laughs> with the the same overalls that Jean Luc Picard was wearing, and his lamenting of raisins. I, I want some Brad Boimler raisins. I want some Boimler raisins. Yeah. And the the bit where the girls that were working in the vineyard kept bugging Boimler and he just didn't want anything to do with him. That just that just tickled me to no end. Uh, I want to also give a big shout out to the second act of this episode where we got to see Bozeman, Montana as a theme park. And we got first contact turned into its own kind of Disneyland complete with cameo from Zephram Cochran himself. Yes. That this that, was, that was pretty awesome. Yeah. I I really did have fun with how much effort they put into really giving some love to first contact, which is I would say probably yeah, I'd say it might be my favorite Star Trek movie. It might be. I think it is. And 
I, I, I got a kick out of it. And I'm glad we got to see more Trek lore. Uh, Lower Decks does a great job of expanding the lore of the Trek universe without getting too weighed down in it. Like now we know that Bozeman, Montana is a theme park now. And that's pretty funny. <laughs> yep. I would go. Oh, I'd totally go. I, I would get drunk at the jukebox like Tia Detroit did. <laughs> we, we don't have time to talk about time. Uh, I loved First Contact. First Contact was fun. So, so far, I would say Lower Decks Episode 1 of Season 3 was pretty okay. Heather, I completely understand where you're coming from, and I'm not even disagreeing with you. We could have gotten more from the trial. I completely understand where you're coming from. I, I you know, I, like I said, I just, I, I, I come hard about it because one of my favorite episodes of Star Trek of all time is Year of Hell, okay? And everyone okay. does that episode because they're like, oh, it's just a big fat reset button. So I want to tell you all what? who really enjoy this episode that it is just a big fat reset button, all right? People you can enjoy it. Year of Hell? Oh, yeah. Yeah, people diss Year of Hell all the time. You can enjoy Grounded. You can love Grounded. You can love the episode. But I'm telling you all right now, it is just a big, fat, red reset button. That's what I mean, it was. It, is. it absolutely is. Yeah. And my opinion is that Year of Hell is like top five episodes of Voyager. So I don't know what the heck they're talking about. So I don't know their problem. So, yeah, sometimes the reset button isn't so bad, everybody. It happens in anime all the time. Trust me. Who does it happen all the time? So, yeah, yeah. sometimes sometimes the reset button happens and, you know, it happens. Like, so, it's not a bad gonna, thing. You can love it. No. All right. Yeah. And, and, you know, this is Lower Decks. We want to embrace the fact that it's a big red reset button. OK, because that's the Lower Decks thing to do. So I'm just saying embrace it embrace it agreed agreed this story that we got from upcoming business really caught my attention because i think it's really maybe the only real bit of news that we got coming out of the 56 year mission and it was that denise crosby hinted that yes we will in some capacity see tasha yar in season three of Star Trek Picard. I think that's really interesting, Heather. You know, that 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 kind of blows my mind. Um, I'm not against it. I, 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 I love TNG, and I really am looking forward to season three of Picard, just because it, it, it is basically going to be season eight of TNG, okay? Um... <laughs> But I, it, it, it blows my mind as to how we will see Tasha Yar. And, you know, I, I, she was very cryptic at that. And so it, there's many ways they can do it, but I, I'm not quite sure how exactly they will. Um, but, yeah, it, it really does blow my mind that we would get to see Tasha Yar in some capacity because I mean she's a character that died so 
Yeah. And her daughter isn't around anymore either. Yeah. So I'm I'm definitely interested. And on top of that, uh, coming out uh, on Twitter, Terry Metalis, the showrunner for Star Trek Picard, also mentioned answering a fan question. And his exact words were, if you listen closely in the upcoming season, you might even hear a nod to Dr. Catherine Pulaski. And I was just amazed at this because I've always hoped for a little bit of a little bit of love for Dr. Pulaski. Nothing against Beverly Crusher, but I liked Dr. Pulaski and. I think it's cool to see that they're they're really diving deep for season three of Picard. I was under the impression that it was just going to be kind of a, a victory lap for TNG, but now it looks like they're coming with a really deep story, and they're they're really diving deep. They're they're gonna hint at Tasha Yar. They're gonna do something involving Doctor Pulaski uh, in season two. We already got a nod to Wesley Crusher as the Traveler. This is this is actually starting to get me a little more interested in season three of Picard, especially because after season two, I was so bummed out we were losing some of the characters. But yeah, I'm I'm a little more intrigued about season three of Picard now, Heather. Um, yeah, I I I, I mean, I have my own interest level to it, and I'm, I'm just gonna say right now, um, Terry Matsolis block me on Twitter. <laughs> so I don't trust him. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I don't quite trust his word very much uh, because he blocked me after he made a comment to a whole bunch of people who were um, clamoring for Seven and Rafi getting their own spinoff series and he made an offhand oh. comment well, they both have to survive season three first. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, uh, that's rough. That's rough. Joking about killing off your two queer women characters uh, to a whole bunch of queer women that they mean a lot to was not very funny, and I don't remember saying anything directly to him about that. I think I commented on someone else's post who called him out on it, uh, but that's why he blocked me. <laughs> so he went through and blocked oh, a whole man. bunch of queer women who got pissed off at him about that. And oh, so, man. yeah, what are you doing? Um, you doing? So I I don't really trust Terry's word. Okay. <laughs> Um, I, I, I do, it is very obvious that he has a lot of respect for TNG. And so, uh, I, I mean, if he's definitely going to throw in a lot of, and I, I might, it might just be little things, but he's going to throw in a lot of tiny little things in there to call back to different things in TNG, which is going to be really enjoyable for me to watch, but I swear to God, if you kill off Seven or Rafi, I'm going to come for you. And I don't give a shit that you blocked me, okay? Just saying. Your anger is justified. Um, I I like that Terry Metalis is out there in the public, though. Um, not a lot of showrunners do that. And not a lot of Star Trek showrunners do that. 
So credit to him for getting out there amongst the people, uh, even if he did say something a bit malevolent and with maybe a little bit of maybe a little bit of intent for for shock value. Uh, I I can't say that I I agree with that, but it almost certainly got the reaction he was going for. Uh, but it, it is good to see that he is taking fan feedback into consideration one way or another. And as a fan of a series that at the end of the day, that's something you, you really want. You want to know that the people making the show are listening to you. And I, I'm sure they were listening about seven and Robbie. I'm certain that they were listening. They, 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 better be listening please don't don't do that don't do that it might be tempting but don't do it don't that that's a terrible idea because i i love rafi and and i love seven of nine now more than ever so yeah don't don't do that that would be a bad idea it would be really bad mm-hmm. I, I can i i can admit that you know stirring the pot a little bit and, and trolling a little bit can be fun every now and then, but don't don't actually do that. That would be that would be so terrible. That would be awful. You really shouldn't do that. So again, Heather, I'm completely agreeing with you. I'm completely seeing your point of view. I, I totally understand where you're coming from. So so please, I am on your side on this one. I'm on your side, I promise. Alright. <laughs> okay. I, 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 internet pinky swear that I'm on your side. Internet pinky swear. <laughs> okay. I think we covered it all. I think we covered everything for this episode. Uh, this has been episode 56, Heather. Uh, yes, thanks again is. for doing this with me. It's been fun. It, it, it really has. Even though I got up on my high yeah. horse a couple times in this episode, it's been fun. <laughs> Heather, you can have the con anytime you like. You know that. You're you're more than welcome. (laughs) Thanks again, everybody, for listening. And if you do have a problem with anything Heather says, like I said, you can go through me first. I'm at CallMeDJM on Twitter. You can follow the podcast at Open... No, that's the other show. You can follow this podcast, The Promenade Merchants, at PromTrekPod on Twitter. That's P-R-O-M TrekPod on Twitter. And you could follow Open Door Rest Pod too if you like. Follow Heather at NerdyGal33. Heather, I know you're working on something. Can you give us an update? No, not lately. <laughs> Life got in the oh, way cool. this past month. So um, I will tell you if we want to talk about Law and Order SVU here for a second, Dick Wolf is a misogynist and I freaking hate his guts too. <laughs> yeah, he's a jerk. He's a jerk. <laughs> because firing a woman actress because they're over the age of 40, because you don't find women over the age of 40 attractive anymore, is ridiculous, and you can kiss my ass, okay? As a as a heterosexual cisgender man, the idea that women over 40 aren't attractive is fucking absurd. Dick Wolf, you're an idiot. Thanks for listening to the Promenade Merchants podcast, everybody. <laughs> Live long and kick ass.